check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing. Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. Welcome back to Talking Tennessee with Yvonka. I am your host, and I am so excited. A good friend of mine that is a stroke survivor is in the studio today. His name is Russ Caldwell, and he is here to bring awareness to stroke uh, victims and survivors. We are trying to bring awareness to May. May is Awareness Month. Russ, thank you for coming. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Let tell me this. What is tell me your full name? My name is Mark Russell Caldwell. Okay, tell me who. I mean, your family. You're married. I'm Give married me a little background. I have a wife named Christy. We've been together for 16 years. Okay, I've got three kids: two girls, one boy. You got some um, grandbabies. I've got two grandbabies. Oh boy, he's got grandbabies. So you know he has a reason to live. And he is coming in today to show the world that what stroke victims can survive, they can live a full life, and how to prevent as much as you can. Uh, Let's get into the interview. I would like to ask you to explain your story. Start with, when did your stroke happen? May the 11th. I was at home. I'd gone to bed the night before I woke up that morning to get ready for work. Um, I wasn't feeling quite right. I didn't feel bad, but Mm -hmm. my arm felt a little heavy, and I felt a little foggy-headed, kind of. And I had called my wife, and she told me that I wasn't talking right, that I I didn't sound right when I spoke to her. So she left work, came home, and picked me up to take me to the hospital. And when I got there, I was showing signs of a TIA, which is a minor okay. stroke. Okay. And they did scans, checked me out from top to bottom, didn't find anything. But they wanted to go ahead and, because my speech was slurred a little bit, they wanted to go ahead and keep me for observation overnight in okay. the hospital. So I stayed overnight. In the middle of the night sometime, uh, I formed a clot and had an ischemic stroke. Oh, wow. And my Can blood you- pressure had shot up through the roof. Uh, it was at one time it was two thirty three over one eighty when oh, I hit wow. its peak. Oh wow! Um, what was your stroke called? An ischemic stroke. Can you explain a little bit what that Basically is? Basically, what it is is my blood pressure was too high; it was uncontrolled. I wasn't taking my blood pressure medication properly, which was my fault. Okay. Um, and my blood pressure went up, which caused the arteries and vessels in the brain to bottleneck. Okay. And neck down. At which time it was able to pick up and hold a clot that actually came from plaque in the artery, which was brought on by high cholesterol. Got you. Let me ask you this. So you're saying that he was uh, on blood pressure medicine. And, you know, I've spoke about, you know, with David, with his cholesterol, you know, he was on cholesterol medicine. I want to bring awareness to this is if whoever's out there listening, if you're on blood pressure medicine, take that medicine and take it how it's prescribed. Even if you go to the doctor, like David went to the doctor, uh, Russ, for his cholesterol, and just so happens the day that he went 
and they did the blood work, his cholesterol was fine. Mm -hmm. So David, not thinking mm -hmm. or saying anything about it to me, he just stopped taking the cholesterol medicine, mm -hmm. you know, because he thought his cholesterol was fine. He had dropped some weight. Right. So I want to bring awareness to that part is if you are on blood pressure medicine, please, 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 until your doctor says you can stop taking it, keep taking it, you know, how it's prescribed. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was actually very much the same way. I had, uh, I had hypertension, high blood pressure. Okay. Which is hereditary in my family. Okay. My doctor had put me on blood pressure medication and had recommended that I start exercising more. So I got into the gym. I started working out. I lost weight. Um, mm -hmm. I was feeling great. Everything was going good. And blood pressure is just a is a silent killer. It is. It you is. You just don't know. You know when when it creeps up. When it creeps down. You may have and show absolutely no signs or symptoms. You know, I had asked Russ before this interview, I was asking him, I said, did you get a, have a headache or, you know, anything like that? Because, you know, I, I think about that, like a headache or, you know, too many headaches or something like that. So you didn't have any symptoms or anything except slurred speech. I had actually, prior to my stroke, I had absolutely no pain no signs of anything. I felt great. I had gone to the gym the night before I went to bed. Oh, wow. Um, actually, prior to me having a stroke, I had dropped 25 pounds. Are y'all hearing this? He's telling you that he was working out, so that means that he was getting healthier, and he still had a stroke. So, yes, he was on the journey, but you never know. You just don't know. Uh, what so when you went to the hospital and they kept you in there and they were observation mm -hmm. and the middle of the night you had the stroke and all that. Tell us a little bit about after the stroke. Well, what after I had my stroke for the first week, I was pretty much a limp noodle. Mm -hmm. um, then they got me transferred to uh, the Patricia Neal Rehabilitation Center. Okay, Fort Sanders. And I spent 30 days there. Okay. Um, when I got done there, they sent me home in a wheelchair wow. with the prognosis that I may have to learn just to live in a wheelchair for the rest wow. of my life. Wow. And that was something that just was not acceptable to me. Wow. I said, I can't, I can't live like that. I won't live like that. There are so many people that's out there that uh, needs to hear this. Um, he came home in a wheelchair and I, I really do, I've never been through it, so I don't pass judgment on anyone, but you had the will to live. And if you know Russ Caldwell, he is a person that he's not going to accept the negative. He's just not that person. And tell us a little about wh what was going through your mind when you got home in that wheelchair you know, what made you say, okay, I've got to do this? Um, my pride, my family mostly. Uh, all I could think about was who's going to take care of my family? Who's going to take care of my kids? Who's going to take care of my wife? Who's Jesus. Gonna, you know, who's going to watch over them? Who's going to be their protector? Who's going to be their provider? Uh, we have a house payment. We have bills to pay. Yeah. You know, uh, and so... You're I a was good man. Bound and determined that I was not going to stay in that wheelchair if I could avoid it. So he's telling you that his will was 
not for us, it wasn't a, you know, I hear so many people say, you know, my will is for me. But did you hear what Russ said? You never once heard him say it was for him. He said it was for his wife, his kids, his grandkids. You know, he did not want to accept, you know, the prognosis of being in a wheelchair. David was the same way. When David knew that there may be a day that some some other man would have to teach his son how to ride a bike and all that kind of stuff. That was his biggest thing for us, mm -hmm. is that he was like, it's not another man's job right. to teach my son how to do manly things. You know, Russ talks about on my lives a lot about teaching your sons how to be men, you know, that type thing. Um, speak about your recovery. You know, what did, when you went back to work and, you know, he worked with canine dogs. Speak about that. Well, first thing I did after I got out and about, I was going to an outpatient rehab. Okay. Uh, and then a very good friend of mine that uh -huh. I grew up with had a, a severe uh, uh, brainstem stroke. Really? Yes. Okay. Ultimately, they died from it a couple okay. of years later. But okay. uh, they lost everything from the neck down. Like almost? Literally everything from the neck down. Oh, wow. And so they were going to therapy trying to see if they could get some nerve regeneration from the brain into the body so that they might be able to stand to transfer over on commodes and into showers and stuff wow. like that. And because they had to be taken care of. Um, I did not. I, from the neck down? From the neck down. Mm -hmm. And even slurred speech. And at first she had to literally relearn how to talk. That wow. was the only thing she had was cognitive reasoning. She had no use of her arms, no use of her legs. She couldn't bathe herself. She couldn't feed herself. She couldn't do anything. What did you, what, what limits did you have and what could you do just naturally? Like when, once, what came back first? Uh, my leg started coming back slowly, but uh -huh. progressively. Uh -huh. um, and the reason for that is... It's a weight-bearing limb. Uh-huh, yes. And so your brain is forced to recognize it's either you're going to put weight on it or you're going to collapse and hit the floor. Okay. And so your brain recognizes the signal that you've got the weight on the leg and it better tighten those muscles up and make them work or it's going to collapse. Got you. Okay. Um, which is another reason why the arm comes back so much slower because it's an ambidextrous unit that has so many working parts to it. Yes. The hand, the fingers, the arm, the bicep, the tricep, the shoulder. Okay. Um, I got back my bicep and my tricep partially. Okay. I can do, I can do a curl. I can straighten my arm out. Uh, what I can do is close my hand and hold on to something. Mm -hmm. I, however, cannot open my hand back up once it's closed, and it stays in a closed position about 80% of the time. Okay. Um, what did you... Uh, so... So you're 80% of the time. So did you, how did you maneuver? How did, what made you, um, did you just have to figure out a way to stabilize yourself on the other arm? Yes. I, Is that what you had to do? Since, since I only had one working arm. Right. Instead of using a walker. Okay. That requires two hands. Right. I had to use a tricane, which it has a large base to it. 
with multiple feet going out. Okay. For more stabilization. And I had to learn to walk with that. And I wore a brace. I still wear a soft brace on my foot all the time. Okay. Um, just, Does it strengthen? Well, it's, Or just help you to walk? Well, I've better. got a condition from uh -huh. a stroke called dystonia. Okay. And what that means is my foot, instead of just dropping straight down, wants to drop down and turn in. So literally, like when I would step, I would be stepping on the outside edge of my foot. Okay. Which, if you've ever rolled your ankle or sprained your ankle or anything yes. like that. Yes. That's, what, that's how I step. Okay. So I had to learn how to maneuver. Is that my the foot. stem? The stem device? I use it, a stem device. Okay. But um, unfortunately, dystonia is a degenerative. Got you. So. Okay. Because uh, I know David, they were worried about David having drop foot. Yeah. And yeah. so the device helped David to yes. not have drop foot. Okay. I actually can have control of up and down foot motion. Like you can see my. He's doing it, guys. Foot moving. Yes. Um, and my toes. Could but, you do that when you came home or did you have to use the device to yes. build back? Yes. Okay. I had to do exercises. I went to therapy five days a week. And, oh, wow. Uh, my daughter actually. Five days a week, My oldest daughter actually uh, stepped out of college for a couple of semesters uh -huh. to stay home to take care of me. Wow. While my wife went back to work. Wow. And so. It sounds like, it sure like was, our household. <laughs> she made Adrian sure I was me. up. And breakfast was fed to me and that I was taken to therapy every day. She drove me there and waited on me till I got done every day to bring me home. Oh, wow. So, yeah. She was there every step of the way. So, five days a week you went to therapy. Mm -hmm. How long did you stay in therapy? Uh, am I correct that you went to uh, Dreyer's as well? Um, therapeutic Dreyer's. Who, where did you go no, for no, therapy? I, I went. I started out at NHC for a couple of months. Okay. Um, but their uh, therapy center was really more directed at uh, Other a, more aged people and stuff okay. like that. Okay, yes it is. <laughs> um, and so, due to my friend having a stroke, uh -huh. I actually heard of a really great therapist that I would recommend to anybody. Okay. And he has a never quit uh, military mentality. Actually, he's a former... Uh, ranger, Army Ranger. So he wouldn't let you quit. Oh no, it was it was not non-optional. I came in. He said, "What do you want to do?" And I said, "I want to walk." And he said, "Okay, well, let's get out of the wheelchair." That sounds like the same day. He Dreyer's said, let's get out was of the that with uh, there was a therapist that we had. Mm -hmm. He he was a blessing because he told us about the drop foot and told me Yavanka he does not need to have David does not need to have therapy at home. Mm -hmm. He needs to be in a facility. You know, it could be outpatient, but he needed to be in a facility. Right. right. Dreyers, uh, I thank God for them because they're Christian-based, and they spoke life in him. Mm -hmm. They spoke life in David. David, you know, most people, physical therapy, they don't really want to go. You have a car wreck, you don't really want to go. Uh, but David looked forward to it because mm -hmm. they spoke so much life into David and knew that David wanted to walk like your friend, which you're saying, your therapist. You know, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think the will to get your life back mm -hmm. has a lot to do with it. I want to read a couple things um, about strokes so that you know uh, for the viewers out there. Strokes is a leading cause of serious long-time disabilities. 
Um, two strokes reduces mobility in more than half of stroke survivors aged 65 and over. And blacks have the highest rate of death mm-hmm. due to strokes. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yep. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. My father had a stroke, a very uh, severe stroke, and his it was his left side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not know that. Uh, stroke risk uh, increased with age, but strokes can or do occur at any age. In 2009, 34% of people hospitalized for strokes were less than 65 years old. Three early actions is important for strokes. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the word fast. What does it mean? Fast is a, a word that is used to describe symptoms of a stroke. It's first, it's Facial droop, the muscles in your face, around your mouth especially, tend to droop, and your speech becomes slurred more. Then it's arm weakness. Okay. And then the S in fast is slurred speech, and the T in fast means it's time to call 911 because you're having a stroke. Wow. Do y'all hear that? I mean, that's just real talk. I mean, seriously. Let me read a couple more things just to bring awareness. Strokes kill about 140 thousand Americans each year that one of out of every 20 deaths one survives out of 40 seconds someone in the United States has a stroke every 40 seconds every four minutes someone dies of a stroke every year more than 795,000 people in the United States have a stroke About 610,000 of these are the first or new stroke victims. Guys, we have to get checked out. We have to get physicals. I know nobody likes a physical. Nobody likes to go to the doctor. Nobody likes getting blood work, but you have to do it. You have to check your, get your blood pressure checked and your cholesterol. Cholesterol is huge in all races, but especially the black race, okay? I know a lot of times blacks think that diabetes is the biggest thing, but hear me when I'm reading these statistics. It seems like strokes is bigger. Um, Speak on that part. What do you think is the biggest thing that people need to know? Like you were saying, um, some things you inherited. Mm-hmm. Speak about that. Well, I mean, like um, I personally inherited uh, uh, high blood pressure. It's in all the men in my family, all the way back to my grandfather. Does your dad have high blood mm-hmm. pressure? My dad has high blood pressure. Mark Caldwell's his daddy. He and was on here a couple weeks ago. He takes he takes medication. Okay. Um, and exercises. Okay. And um, my grandfather had it. Uh, both his brothers have it. Oh, wow. I mean, just literally all the men in my family have high blood pressure. On my mom's side, everybody had high blood pressure um, except me. And uh, I had a scare a couple weeks ago. Uh, went in the doctor's office, and Russ, I was fine. I walked in the doctor's office. I was on the phone with a friend of mine, just a normal conversation. I come in. They take my uh, my uh, temperature. Temperature's fine. She puts the thing on my finger, and she says, Are you all right? You feel Okay. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, your heart rate's 132. Mm-hmm. And she and I said, what? 
And she said, 132. And she said, within five minutes, y'all, that EKG uh, machine was in the doctor's office. In there, they had me all hooked up everything. Thank God it worked out to be, I was good. But that was a scare for us. Sure. It really was. You know, I'm trying to work out more because of that, because that is a sign. Well, you know, here's the thing a lot of people don't know, and this is something that gets very little attention in the news. Go ahead. It should get a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a parent uh, and you have children, college kids, high school kids that drink uh, the energy drinks, Red Bulls, Monsters, anything like that. Yes. Um, just as an example, the day I left the hospital and was let out, uh-huh. um, there was a 15-year-old kid that came in with a stroke. Because of those drinks? Mm-hmm. Because they race your heart, right? Heart well, what happens out? is, basically, is these drinks have so much sugar and so much caffeine in them, they can actually cause tachycardia and cause your heart rate to go up so high that you can have a heart attack or a stroke. And so many young people, especially like Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And Monster. I- actually, uh, I just read an article where Monster is in the middle of five lawsuits for... Really? Yes, uh, they're being sued by the families of young people who had strokes and died. Really? Yes. I know a lot of young people will drink Red Bull, and a lot of people will drink Red Bull and mix with alcohol. And you know, alcohol increases your heart rate anyway. So you throw Red Bull in there, and they wonder why people have strokes? Well, you're mixing uh, alcohol as a depressant. Yeah. Red Bull is a stimulant. Yeah. So it's like taking speed and a downer at the same time. Do y'all hear that? So don't mix those two things. Let's talk about sickle cell. Sickle cell, we, I am learning that if a person has sickle cell, you have a higher, it could cause a higher risk in strokes. Can you speak a little bit about Well, I have a clotting disorder. Okay. A platelet count disorder. Okay. Uh, it's not sickle cell. It's a different kind. But what I have learned through study is that when you have these disorders, the body tends to send the platelets and in, into the places that the body needs them most, which are generally the heart and the brain. It's trying to protect itself in case there's a traumatic injury. Right. So it stores them in these locations. What happens is, is you get a buildup of these cells in one place, okay. and that's what forms a clot or works its way into an aneurysm. Wow. Do y'all hear that? Let me read a few more things for you to know, information that you need to know. Strokes cause the United States an estimated $34 billion each year. This total includes the cost of health care services medications to treat strokes, and missing days at, um, uh, at your job. You have to know that it's very expensive in healthcare. You know, so that's another thing you have to consider. You know, not just, okay, I want good health, but at the same time, what financial burden it could cause to your family. You know, when you go from two incomes like me and David did and Russ and his wife uh, did to one, it can really, really, a lot of people lose everything they have, you know, 
because it's just really hard. The medications, all those different things. Um, let me give you some symptoms of the, and risk of a stroke. High blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, obesity, diabetes are a leading cause of strokes. One in three United States citizens uh, of this country, adults, ha have a stroke. One out of three. That's a lot. Hispanics have uh, has a great number, too. Uh, Hispanics have seen an increase in death rates since 2013. Strokes uh, risk varies by age in uh, Hispanics. These are real facts, guys. You really have to know what your health is. And getting blood work, going to the doctor, you know, not ignoring those symptoms, it could save your life. Russ, let me ask you this. Now that you are back to work, you're more mobile, what can you say your life is like now? It's a new normal. A new normal. A new normal. You have to relearn everything. You have to figure out new ways of doing things. I do everything one-handed now. Okay. Uh, but you learn. You know, you learn to fold your clothes. You, learn, you know, I do laundry. I take out my dog. I drive. I go to work. I do dishes. Whatever, you know. Do you hear that? He is willing to do those things. And he's doing it with one arm. And But he hasn't given up on life. He provides for his family. He gets to smile with his family. He gets to make memories. If he wouldn't have fought back, you know, what can you say to a stroke victim out there, Russ, that wants to live, but just the struggle is just, they feel it's greater. What can you say to that stroke victim? Your limitations are only as great as you allow them to be. That's good. That's good. So, how long was you out of work? A year. A year. He's He drove himself to the studio. Okay? He didn't have someone to bring him. He drove himself to the studio, and he came home in a wheelchair. You've got to know family is everything. Your life is everything. You have to get a balance on it. And you've got to know that your health, if you don't have your health, you really don't have anything. Well, no. You can't put a price on your health. You can't. And I will say this, um, you have to pray. I truly believe in prayer and I truly believe in God that you have to pray and say, God, help me to build back. Well, the day I had my stroke, okay, the doctors told my wife that I only had a 40% chance of living. 40%. And that time would only tell whether it was going to go up or down. They were ready to send me to the ICU. 40% ICU, and this man is in the studio now, you know, trying to bring awareness to people that haven't had a stroke that can prevent it, and the ones that have had a stroke, how to keep living, learn their new normal, and get out of those wheelchairs Get off those walkers. Fight back. Fight back to live a full life. Let's end it like this. What can you say to your family 
Oh, all I can say to my family is I love you and thank you so much for the support you gave me. That's Everything amazing. That you've done for me. I hope I can repay it back. What can you say to your wife? Uh, I love you very much. Thank you for everything you've done for me from making my medicines up to uh, helping me when I was still in a wheelchair to being my motivation to improve. That's amazing. This is a good man that he has a will to live for his family, his wife. I would say to everybody, be aware of your health and know that the Landis team, we're here to inspire you. Tune in every Thursday for a new guest, a new topic, and we are here to inspire you always. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the first family of real estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalsrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.